1: What is up everybody welcome to the very first episode of my favorite cub proud to be part of the house of L podcast network I'm excited for our very first guest guy kicking it off lifelong Chicago Cubs fan professional wrestler podcaster children's book author this guy is many a thing and when he was a child he used to call up the score Chicago's number one sports radio station to talk about the Cubs I've got the one the only Colt Cabana on how are you doing Colt I'm great Joe how you doing buddy I'm great, man. I'm pumped. I, get, I, you, you and I have hung out many a time. I'll tell our listeners that, and, and we talk Cubs a little bit, but to have a deep dive with you is going to be really fun, especially for the first episode of this podcast, in which we're going to talk about who your favorite Cub of all time is.
2: Well, listen, uh, born and raised, uh, I can't say on the north side, and in, in the north suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. My mother, my bu- my mother was born in Rogers Park, and had season tickets she would always say she would um, sit in the bleachers for a quarter or whatever the F it was, you know, like, and she, she had season tickets. She, lo- and, you know, she's still with us, but uh, loved love uh, the Cubs has always supported the Cubs. Um, And like my love into the Cubs, I know you didn't even ask me that, but I'll start into it is my mom was a T te- was a teacher for the Chicago public school system for 25, 30 years and she and I, she would get home before I would from school. And I would always come home and she would always be on the couch, always watching the Cubs. That was just like in my brain, you come home and mom's watching the Cubs and into it and knows all the players and loves it. So that's kind of where my Cubs
1: love seeped in. It came down from my parents. Well, that was going to be my first question. And that's a great answer. There's something about uh, lifelong Cubs fans, especially our parents' generation with day baseball coming home from school. It's on. Uh, there you can you could tell the mood I remember walking home from school as soon as I entered into our house I could tell if the Cubs were winning or losing based on my father's mood
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know something about the voices of Steve Stone and Harry Carey are like the voices of of my childhood for sure I, they, ju- they just were on TV so much and if a game back then was nine hours, right. You know, now we shorten it up a little bit, but if a game back then, you know, they're on our TV for
1: whatever it is, three, four hours sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Now you, when I was messaging you about doing this podcast, you had told me that you remember calling into the score (laughs) 670 AM here in Chicago, the day the Cubs acquired Steve Boucher. Now Steve Boucher had an all time nineties mullet. (laughs) yellow, flowing blonde hair, uh, great third baseman defensively, solid enough hitter, but I do remember Harry Carey. We were talking about the voices of our generation really kind of struggling with him in the 90s, but I also remember him being like, what a stab by Steve Bouchel. Oh, I thought you were saying struggling with his name, maybe. Maybe the name, too, even. I I kind of feel like Bouchel did not roll off the tongue for the late great Harry Carey. I mean... It did not, and of course, I think the all-time, I, well, I, we can go
2: back and forth. I don't know who your all-time favorite Harry Carey mess-up name is. Do you have one?
1: I do, and I'm glad you're asking this because <laughs> it's my maybe, favorite maybe, player. It happens to be my favorite player. Maybe it's everybody's. Do you want, you want to go, for, or can I go? I'll go first because I feel like yours is probably better than mine. Mine's very unique. I brought it up to people. not a, People love it when I tell them this Harry Carey name mess-up but they don't always remember it. So my it happens to be my favorite cub of all time, Andre Dawson. Ah. Dawson was on first. I want to say George Bell was batting fifth and hits one into the right center field gap. So this is like 91. And as Dawson's rounding second base, Harry Carey says, head into third base, Andrew Jackson. (laughs) He said, (laughs) Andrew Jackson, former president of the United States, was uh, sliding into third base for the Cubs on that fine afternoon that's one of my favorite. Bless his heart. It's so great. <laughs> Mine,
2: uh, of course was Chicago cub catcher Hector Vin- Villanueva. That was a tough one, uh, which was so tough for Harry. And I'm pretty sure he would call him Hector vanilla wafer so many times. <laughs> um, but just, just my favorite. So yeah, I've, um, you know, it's almost like Hector, uh, God, it's so hard to say now. Hector v- Villanueva is Almost uh one of my all-timers because of that, but he is not. Um but, but he- yes, so I, I will I, I will correct you though. You were incorrect in saying that I would call up the score at six seventy a.m. because I would call up the score eight
1: twenty a.m. Oh, that's um, right. They switched, I believe, back in the day. Yes. Yeah. So
2: I have a couple of years on you, and for me, you know, I remember when the score started. You know, it was like a brand new sports talk radio, obsessed with sports as a kid, as much as I was professional wrestling, probably. And we were excited to get this, you know, sports talk radio, like in our, on our dial. And I love talk radio. And, uh, I, you know, I grew up on like Kevin Matthews with the loop who, and I'll tie this into the Cubs because Kevin Matthews used to have a comedian on who would do Harry Carey before anyone was doing Harry Carey. Uh, and that's like where my Harry carry impression comes it doesn't come from Will Farrell. Like, hey Jim Shorts how you doing you know that was that's good Harry, that was the Harry Carry that Kevin Matthews would have on his show on on the on the radio and so um when we got the score it was great and yeah I remember being probably like I don't know what year the Cubs got Bouchelle, but if it was 91 maybe I was 11 or whatever and I remember I think it was Jiggins and North and they Thought it was so cute that I called up and but I Steve Bouchel was on the Rangers the, that year before. He was cracking homers, he was a great third baseman. We never since Ron say, I feel we never had a good third baseman. I thought this was going to be our third baseman, and it didn't pan out to be.
1: Yeah, between Ron Santo, obviously, was the ultimate, and then say had some nice seasons there, but between say. It wasn't until Ramos Ramirez where you're like, okay, finally an everyday third baseman. It was kind of like the quarterback situation with the bears. I want to say Steve Bouchelle, And I know our listeners are already going to be like, no, they got the year wrong. I think he was 93 ish. Okay. So I was 13. So I was yeah. 13. So you're still very young to be calling into the score. I called in a few times when I was uh, in high school. I don't know if I had the guts in grade school just yet, but I know the comedian you're talking about with the impression it's John Campanera. Um, very funny guy. I got lucky enough to work with him a couple times in LA. He was the ultimate Harry Carey impression back around those times. And I remember he was on an episode of the Drew Carey show. And my dad was like, that guy is from uh, the South side, but does a great Harry and Carey impression, which Harry Carey was a White Sox announcer as well. So before I ask you who your favorite cub of all time is, being that you're a professional wrestler with, you've wrestled for all the big organizations. You're currently with AEW Ring of Honor, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And what I love about you is you, you globetrot. You, you'll be in Japan. You'll be in Australia. You'll be all over the place so who was your favorite wrestler growing up
2: oh well it's sadly it's kind of like the like i never had like a specific favorite wrestler i mean i was a kid of a, the hulk hogan era um but all of those wwf 1980s wrestlers they were my favorite macho man honky tonk junkyard dog dusty roads those like that kind of that whole era hulk hogan andre Big John stud nobody you know it was just like the idea of wrestling was great to me not necessarily uh one specific wrestler like that I championed which is different than baseball because uh boy did I champion Kirby Puckett as a youth that was number one for me
1: so Kirby Puckett is your favorite non-cub who was from Chicago great connection I like that um and a phenomenal hitter hit 384 one season he was terrific he was like
2: my childhood Ride or die, which I which I remember uh I was so obsessed with Kirby, and then I was like, Dad, who are you obsessed with? My dad, and I'll never forget this. He he said the same way that I love Kirby, he loved Orlando Cepeda.
1: Ooh, then, that's a good name. Yeah. See, and, and like professional wrestlers, these Kirby Puckett, Orlando Cepeda, these are classic names. I feel like that there's certain when you're a little kid, I feel like certain names you're just like, Oh, that name's cool.
2: Yeah, it stuck now, definitely stuck with me, and maybe that's why Kirby was my favorite,
1: just the name, but also like. don't know he was like round and fun you know for a six-year-old or whatever that's such a great name so what was the uh, name of your favorite cub of all time
2: okay i know this is the first episode and the show is called my favorite cub that's such a hard thing for me to really pin down but i have an era right i have an era and the that era was sean dunston andre dawson mark grace greg maddox And, but I think, I guess I would have to go with, I think the Hulk Hogan of the Chicago Cubs, which would be Ryan Sandberg.
1: Great. Rhino number 23.
2: I I think he just rep the way Hogan represented the WWF. I think Sandberg was the marquee player for the Chicago Cubs in my era growing up. I couldn't believe his name wasn't Ryan, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that that kind of threw me for it. Like to find out that he had an even cooler name. Um, I think for me, that's what it was. Now, I I, I could have said my best friend growing up, Jordan Glickson. He was next door neighbors with Keith Moreland, and for that, I had a place in my heart because I kind of knew him. We'd go over to his house, and we'd always see if Keith was around. But at the end of the day, Moreland wasn't the star that Sandbrook was, and uh, that starting lineup that I had, that that every single Toys R Us had in the chicagoland area of ryan sandberg i think that was kind of like he's your guy he's number one and for that bless his heart
1: i have a ryan sandberg starting lineup i'm gonna grab off my shelf very quickly hold on
2: yeah here's the thing everybody did and i remember going to toys r us waiting for the new teams to come they never did and uh, it was only chicago cubs and chicago white sox
1: Yeah, you know, that was the weird thing that certain uh, toy stores did back in the day. They didn't think about how, and maybe that was a weird baseball thing where it's like, well, the kids in Chicago must only want Cubs and Sox, where it's like, hey, let's give us some variety here. But what I loved about uh, starting lineup, and you can't really see it on this one so well, but they would have a gag on their thing, on their box that would say ages four to 104. Oh, that was like a fun gag they had on a lot of them. You can't really see it on this one, but on several of them, I've got it says ages 4 to 104. This is the Sandberg Special Edition because it comes with a coin. Mm. 1991 starting lineup. And starting lineup was cool. They did make a good amount. You knew you were a player. I feel like back in the 80s, early 90s, if you had your own starting lineup toy, you had made it. And the Cubs that you had Andre Dawson, Gray, Sandberg, Jerome Walton, Sean Dunson, and Dwight Smith. Good crew. Good couple crew. Of good right rookies there. right
2: there. The one, older, two, Jerome Sandler. Walton
1: and Smith. Well, Walton and Smith, remember they were one and two in Rookie of the Year in 89, and then of they course. just it never really worked out for them afterwards. I think Walton had maybe one or two more good years, and Dwight Smith became a pretty great fifth outfielder, pinch hitter type of guy. Great singer, too. The guy had some pipes. He sang out the National that. Anthem for a Cubs game once.
2: Wow, very nice.
1: Very nice. So Hulk Hogan, S- Sandberg's your Hulk Hogan of that team. Hulk, though, you know, very loud guy as a professional wrestler, You have to be the cool thing about sammy that I always loved was he had this kind of like quietness. He went about his business in a very quiet way, you know, always showed up, always played hard. Didn't really need to be a guy that's like uh, chirping the other team or pumping his fist too much.
2: And it was impressive that he was, he wasn't a home run hitter. And, and those were the stars of the league, right? Like Pete, you loved Andre Dawson. He was cracking those homers. He was a big personality. He was the Hawk. Um, But Rhino to be a star when you're such a, like a versatile player really says something about whatever it is. Like for some reason you came out, you know, you came up almost because it's like, you're not, he, Ryan, the way Rhino played, he wasn't supposed to be a star, but he was so good at the meticulous things of even just infielding or, No, you know, getting those clutch hits, you know, which was usually a single or a double, but he did it so often and so well that like Chicago, we had to recognize him.
1: Yeah, that was a fun era because we had 23 uh, playing for the Bulls, 23 playing for the Cubs. Both numbers rightfully retired, of course, with Sandberg as well, though, he really changed his approach over his career when he first came up, when he won the MVP in 1984, he only hit 19 home runs. But he had 19 triples, 50-something doubles, and stole 50 bases as well. He was an incredibly exciting ball player. Hit about 315, 317, I think, for the season. Uh, Gold glove defense. But my dad would always talk about how the great thing about Sandberg would be he would hit a rocket down the right field line for a triple. Then the next time up, hit a rocket into the left center field gap for a double. Um, You know, Sometimes he would coast a walk. And then steal second. And he was just all over the place. And very like, he didn't need to talk. He was a handsome guy, too. You know, everyone at my mom's age loved Ryan Sandberg. It was Sandberg and Grace. They both thought they were adorable.
2: Yeah. Um, My mom was in love with, and I, I almost said Davey Martinez for that reason. Oh, yeah. My mom was in love with Davey Martinez.
1: Yeah, all those guys in the 80s, too, had that hair where, like, their hat would push the hair out the sides over their ears a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That was a look. I like the Cubs 80s uniforms, too, because they had that bear that looked tougher. You know, the circle with the bear in the middle mm-hmm. there. It was a tougher-looking bear. It's a classic tattoo.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
1: Now, do you have a moment? Do you remember the first time or your favorite moment of Ryan Sandberg live being at Wrigley? oh you know i
2: went to a, it was a great amount of games as a kid I, I i don't even i couldn't even i can't even remember sadly um a specific moment i did get to meet ryan sandberg at the palmer house in chicago my dad took me to this like giant card show with so many stars of baseball past it was because of Ker- kirby was going to be there so he took me there which is like such a great memory you know thinking that your dad i was 12 or whatever it was and he knew how much i love kirby and he found this card show and and it wasn't like a crappy one, you know, like in a, a weird suburb. It was like at the Palmer house and the great thing about being a kid. And I knew that I took advantage was like, I could just like, I think, you know, autographs were probably like pictures were a hundred bucks or whatever it was, you know, something crazy. But I was a kid and I was just, you know, like people couldn't say no to you being like, can I have a picture please? And so I have so many pictures of like Mark McGuire, Doug Draybeck, um, even Canseco, Jack McDowell. You just walk up to these people and they can't say no. And so, um That's where I met Ryan Sandberg. And I didn't have a picture with him. And it's funny to see all those outfits too. Like who's dressing up, who's not?
1: <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Do you Do you yeah. remember what you said to him? Were you, did you sweaty hands like a little child would? No,
2: I do remember. I stole. Someone had like a thing of cards, and I saw Cal Ripken talking to somebody. So I went and I stole a common card from somebody, a merchant's box, and had Cal Ripken sign it. And that was my only memory of being like, "Ooh, I had
1: some balls there." Like. <laughs> So we find out ahead. your favorite cub is Ryan, Ryan Sandberg and that you're a thief. Okay. Then I am a thief from a young age getting a lot of info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I, awesome. Yeah. So, um,
2: I know you want, yeah, like there's, no, it's, there's nothing really obsessive about me and Ryan Sandberg. I think he was just my number one that stood out at the time because he represented the cubs. And I just love the cubs of that era, uh, mainly because it was just in my household at all time. And you want to support your local team, of course. And so, you know, I, it's just like all they were all great to me. They were all great to me, but Ryan was kind of our Captain America at that time.
1: No, that's a great way to describe it, you know. And, and Samberg was one of my favorites. I said Dawson was my main favorite. My my older sister liked Samberg better, and so maybe I'd lean toward Dawson because I didn't want to be like her. But Dawson had that cool batting stance. Um, Sandberg did have the moments though. He won the 1990 home run Derby. He led the league in home runs in 1990 with 40. That was another crazy thing. A second baseman, a skinny second baseman for that matter, all of a sudden becoming a power hitter later in his career after being known as a guy that would just split gaps and run for days. Um, it was, it was incredible. And who could forget he was baseball's highest paid player at one point. I don't know if people realize this, but Sandberg was the first, I think, he was seven million dollars. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it was like baseball seven million dollar man. And his contracts in baseball gone out of control, and all this kind of stuff. And now seven million is like such a bargain for even a decent player. This guy's off the bench making seven. What's the number one? What What's the number one guy making this year? year? Uh, this year, I think I would. have I don't know off the top of my head. I would have to look this up, but I believe Garrett Cole. Might be the highest-paid player in baseball right now. Um, We all know Shohei Ohtani is going to crush that number next year. There's also what's what's next. year is making about forty-one million or so. Forty-one million, okay. Might be him, but Shohei Ohtani next year will probably make fifty million per year because you're getting a hitter and a pitcher. So it's gonna that's (laughs) you got to pay him double for that, right? He's working both ends. He's working the morning shift and the night shift you know what I mean he's a heel and a face to use a wrestling term so um uh, with uh with Sandberg though again like it was he was such a, like a quiet chill guy but just someone who was larger than life in Chicago through the mid 80s into the 90s
2: yep he was the man I you know I, I almost I, I would want to say Mark grace, but I'll tell you what I had a you know I was a uh, an athlete as a kid. You know like in high school and like I took it serious like I was like well athletes don't you know like you can't
1: you have to be you have to pay oh. attention to your athletics. <laughs> I know what you're saying you got to take care of that body. You and, take yeah, take care of
2: the body and I remember once seeing Mark Grace in person smoking a cigarette and my and I was just like what is going on? Um for like it blew my mind uh that Mark Grace Grace was smoking a cigarette
1: that that they did that.
2: Also carrie Wood um, threw that no hitter on my uh I think 18th birthday.
1: oh Your birthday's May 6th.
2: May 6th, yeah.
1: 20 strikeout game should have been a no hitter though. Sorry, right, sorry. Cole. 20
2: strikeouts. should have been a no hitter.
1: So, Kerry, what was another one of your favorites? How huh? you almost chose Kerry Wood because of the birthday?
2: Yeah, Kerry Wood. Sorry, he threw the 20 strikeout on my birthday, and for that I almost picked Kerry Wood, but I'm still sticking with my man, the representative. Still, the Ch- rhinos rep in Chicago.
1: That's awesome, man. You know what? Um, I almost picked Scott Service too. Why almost Scott Service? Yeah, I want to hear this. I almost I'm almost more fascinated by the almost choices because everyone's gonna have like a Sandberg, a Greg Maddox, a Dawson, a Rizzo, a Sosa. I want to know the almost because those are almost like there's gotta be some stories there.
2: Listen, I I won the sports authority sweepstakes to play catch with a cub. Um, and you know, there was like four giant stars in Scott Service, and uh they gave me Scott Service. <laughs> So I went on to Wrigley field and I got to play catch with Scott service on the field while I watched others play with Sammy Sosa and grace and, and Maddox and the other stars of the Chicago Cubs.
1: Well, (laughs) well, with due respect to Scott service, who's going on to have a solid managerial career. uh, It is hilarious. You're a little kid. You're like, I won, I won. Who am I going to get? Sandberg grace, Scott service, Scott service. How mad were you? Were you like oh. happy then
2: mad? Well, I, yeah, I was so excited that I got to go on the field. And i met, Fergie Jenkins was just like hanging out on the field that day. I got to meet Fergie Jenkins. And there was a little like sadness of like seeing a little, but also it was like, I think I was like 15 or 16 at the time. And there was a little like eight year old playing catch with Sammy Sosa. So I was like, well, I, he should have that memory. I'm, I'm a teenager at this point. It should be okay. I'm okay to play with Scott Service.
1: Just, to, I'm still jealous you won that. Just to be on on Wrigley itself was a treat yes I mean Wrigley's Wrigley it's a Wrigley. It's baseball mecca yeah, it's okay. one of those things though I remember being a kid whenever like they would show like oh here's our winners of this thing the sports authority or the W uh, not the WGN but the Walgreens bat boy or bat girl giveaway I was always angry that I was never picked for that I never <laughs> I instantly didn't like those kids when I got called saying you won that I was just
2: like the woman said, aren't you excited? Because I think like my tone came off of like, yeah, of course I won this.
1: All right. So while you were chucking the ball around with Scotty service, did you, uh, you know, worry about throwing an air or anything like that?
2: So the process itself was, it wasn't just like a, like one throw, like on the field. It was get to the game super early and just have like, we had like a 10 or 15 minute like throwing session because I was, a I you know I was a high school baseball player. So, I, I did play just college being, football. A lot, of play college football. a lot of people might not know that about you. I did get cut from the varsity baseball team. Oh. So I was a little salty about that. But so there's your, so I, your, your backstory now. Right. I wasn't that good of a baseball player, but I was, I played sophomore year. So I was able to throw, uh, you know, we were throwing long balls in the outfield. And so uh, I didn't, I don't remember screwing anything up. I don't remember doing anything bad, which is interesting because, I was just a couple of weeks ago. I was supposed to throw out the first pitch for the Milwaukee Brewers, and the enemy. I I, I have thrown out the first pitch for the White Sox, but so I was I felt like a comfortable and ready, and I was I I planned on doing a sidearm pitch, a because my shoulders are so jacked up from wrestling, but b because I don't know if I've ever seen someone do the first pitch sidearm, and I thought maybe I could get some uh, some business out of that.
1: That's smart. I like right? that. You got to be different, right?
2: Got to be different. So as I'm about to go out, there, like, oh, the scoreboard's broken. Um, you can't do it. And then they just hurtled us to our seats. Oh, that's a bummer. They canceled it off on me, so I didn't have the opportunity because that would have been so, – like, I could have really screwed that up uh, throwing a
1: sidearm pitch, but uh, that, that wasn't the case when I got to throw a Scott service. So. Just to, for our listeners to be clear, Colt is a Cubs fan but he works for AEW, a major wrestling promotion, and they sent him to Milwaukee. They send me out. yeah. And at push the time, their brand.
2: NWA sent me to the, to the, uh, I was wrestling for the national wrestling Alliance. So they sent me to Comiskey also. Yeah. And I've been back, I've been asking. And I think it's just like, honestly, I think they're too, the Cubs are too, pop- like it's only if I'm a B star or a C or a D star, you know, they only want the A stars throwing out that pitch.
1: You know, I've been at some games where I've seen some D stars where I'm sending the crowd going, "Really? I've sold more comedy albums than this guy sold country albums." What we'll player's best friends with this guy? You know what I'm there saying? There you go. Well, I don't,
2: I don't have a best friend. Sorry.
1: Well, we'll Tony, give you one. We'll give Tony, you one on Tony. Tony Khan doesn't doesn't have a hookup at uh, at Wrigley, only in Milwaukee. And down in Jacksonville, I got to imagine they could have you uh, kick the first ball. I don't know what do they do yes. for the celebrities come out and just do the coin toss. I would love if they had a kick the first field goal <laughs> yeah. for celebrities. Come on, NFL. We got to have that. Do like a, a drop punt or something like yeah. that. That'd be real fun. That's awesome. So have you been going to any Cubs games lately? Do you have any new favorite players right now? Uh, I just
2: went I just went to uh, my first Cubs game in a couple of years, actually, against San Diego. It was uh, a day game. And uh, my friend and I, we just went on the bleachers, and we really just – spread out it was fun just to like we kind of went as more of a let's hang out and talk so like we found an empty space in the bleachers and just uh hung out i'm a very casual baseball fan at this point so um i I, you know i I don't follow it the way i did when i was a child um i don't even i couldn't even tell you who i like ian Hap. i know he's somebody
1: yeah ian Hap's the all-star left fielder there you go did you have a favorite did you have a favorite player from the world series era if I were to give you a favorite player from the world series era, I feel like I'm going to go with Kyle Schwarber because oh, I he's love- a wrestling fan. His nickname was bam, bam. They'd call him bam, bam. And he looks yeah. like a guy who would be like perfect. Imagine him running down to the ring with some cool entrance music. I did like Schwarber, but not for that reason. He kind of reminded me of Kirby Puckett, like stocky and ready to hit okay i get it now you got a body type that you like i have a body type (laughs) you see yourself in these players so when you played baseball in high school what position were you i was first base and pitcher and it was uh don't stevenson high school deerfield deerfield high school i knew you were from that area all right so what number did you rock oh 34 for kirby always 34 for kirby Puckett. We also like to think of it as Kerry Wood, John Lester, number two, you know, try to keep it Cubs theme. All right, cool, man. I like that. I like that about you. What was your, did you have a player besides Kirby Puckett or were you trying to do Kirby Puckett's batting stance as well?
2: I was good at all of the stances. I really was big fan of a Mickey Tendleton, big fan of John Franco. But um, I think I just, I was basic.
1: Tecmo baseball baseball player. Yeah. That's that yeah, class yeah, baseball go to. stance too. Co- Every correct. Hitter looks the same. You could just move him around in the box a little bit. Correct. It's a good strategy. All right. Let's leave us on this. Do you have a favorite moment that sticks out to you as a Cubs fan where when you hear Chicago Cubs, say you're traveling around? you know, you're, you're wrestling in Japan, you're down in Australia, you're, you're doing New York Florida, wherever you might be on your travels. If you see another Cubs fan and you think Cubs, what moment pops into your head?
2: Well, again, just the vagueness of the idea of the Chicago Cubs is something special to me, but for obvious, so obviously to watch the Cubs win the world series, right. is so special to everybody. For, but for me, it was to go back to my childhood home and watch it with my mother, and my mom, who I think at that time was maybe sixty-eight or sixty-nine years old, and who I knew had been had dedicated so many after-school days to sitting on that couch, hoping those Cubs would frickin' win something and never did, and then to watch her watch to watch her watch the World Series and to watch her going like, "I know it's not gonna happen," like I could see the pain in the years. She was constantly like, they're not going to win. It's not, oh, see, Just And then for that actual win, and I watched the tears come down her face, of course, of course. Um, That's the most special thing to me, to watch the delight of my mother finally see these mother effers win that World Series after so many years.
1: (laughs) So it comes full circle. You went from being introduced to being a Cubs fan by watching your mom watch them on the couch, and then you got to see – The final moment of her, like the whole thing, the culmination of being a Cubs fan, watching tears come down your mother's face. And that's why that game seven was perfect in a lot of ways. I remember talking about this with my dad and my uncles because they were the same way. They were just like your mom where they're like, they're going to blow this. I can't believe this. My whole life, every time you think they're going to win, this is what they do to you. They stomp on your heart. You know, you're just losing it. And then finally, finally, joy. And then the tears come from that joy. So uh, Colt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for being the very first guest for My Favorite Cub. Heck of a choice. You're raising the bar high, starting us off with Rhino, Ryan Sandberg. And by the way, don't feel embarrassed. Everyone I know thought his name was Ryan at first, too. Of course. Of course. Because, again, I've never met anyone else named Ryan my entire life, especially living in Chicago. You know there's some dad out there who's like, I'm writing Ryan on the birth certificate. She's on drugs right now. She just gave birth. She's not going to know. And then the mom swooped in at the last minute. And oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> it's a great name. Well, will tell people where they can follow you, my man. Yeah. Check me out on everything. Social media
2: at Colt Cabana. Watch me play video games, twitch.tv slash Colt Cabana. And I uh, have a decade's worth of uh, intimate talks with different professional wrestlers from over the years. And uh, all the archives are still up. Art, it's called the art of wrestling wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks, bud. Woo. This has been my favorite cub for the House of L podcast network. Cubs, woo! Cubs, woo. woo!
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.